Welcome to the Abundant Grace Podcast, where we discuss the gospel, freedom in Christ, and victorious Christianity. My name is Emily Lewis, and I am so honored that you are here. Sometimes Christianity can feel complicated or become heavy. I'm here to lighten that load. I pray that the chats had on this broadcast will empower and encourage you in your walk with Jesus. Hello, friends. Welcome to this episode of the Abundant Grace Podcast. I am so excited and thankful to share this episode with you today. I got to meet Heather and we sat down and talked about her story and I really appreciate the hope that she gives and that God gives through her story. No matter where you are on your journey, if you feel like you're walking through the hard stuff right now, or if you've come through a lot of hard things and you wonder what in the world God can do, if there's anything that he can use you for. And of course, I want to say absolutely yes, he can. And Heather's story is such a testament to that. So sit back, relax, do what you do while you listen to podcasts, and just soak up God's grace and redemption that he has demonstrated through Heather's story. Hello, Heather. Thank you for being here. I'm so excited to visit with you. Thank you for having me, Emily. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So could you please tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, what's your family, and what's your mission? Yeah, thank you. Um, I am a mom and a wife, which are two kind of categories I never really thought that I'd land in, Um, but I love those parts of where God's brought my story. Um, I live in Roanoke, Virginia, which is like the mountains of Southwest part of the state. But before this, I grew up like outside of Philly. I lived in Boston. I lived in New York City. So I always thought of myself as like a city person, but I landed in like very rural mountainous area and it's beautiful here and I love it. Um, Yeah. And I, I work in higher education during the day, but my heart and where I feel like the Lord has showed me that I come most alive is in my ministry work that I do in evenings and weekends on lunch breaks, like anytime I get a chance. And that's with working with women who are healing from broken relationships. Um, and that's just as a result of the, my, my story and what I've walked through that that's become kind of my heart and my mission. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I found you through your podcast and which is take these ashes yes. and for your podcast, you, um, hope to explore what it looks like for God to bring beauty through our ashes and how he can redeem our stories of grief or forgiveness or anger or trauma. And I love that. And when you shared your story in one of your first episodes, I just wanted to have you share your story on this platform. So if you wouldn't mind jumping into your story, I would love that. Yeah. Thank you. Um, and I, it's so cool how the internet works that it can like bring us with like-minded and like-hearted people, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, it's amazing. Yeah. And I love your heart for 
for a lot of the similar things that now I'm, I'm passionate about. Thank you. Um, yeah. yeah. So, um, that, that title of the podcast and kind of where my heart is, is related to the verse in Isaiah that talks about beauty for ashes. And I think a lot of people who grew up in Christian circles or Christian homes or churches probably have heard that phrase pulled from scripture. And we all like want the beauty. We want the redemption. We want like to see where our stories are going to end up. But I think sometimes we have to sit in the ash for a longer period than we may be expected. Mm -hmm. And so, um, and as I was exploring kind of this concept of like waiting for the beauty and sitting in the ash, I realized that the ash comes out of fire and many of us have walked through fires. And so my podcast, um, and my, my heart and my mission of kind of helping people process through those things is looking at what are the fires we've walked through? What are the things that have kind of affected our view of God or ourselves or other people? And how can we, like you said, grieve or process those things or forgive so that we can move towards the beauty God has for us. And the reason that that resonates so much with, for me is because it is my story. Like I've walked through fire and I've sifted through the ashes and I feel like I'm seeing a glimpse of the beauty that God has, but mm. I'm realizing like we are never on this earth going to get to see the full picture of restoration that he has. Like some of that, we're not going to get to see until we make it to eternity right. um, until the Lord brings his kingdom here. Like, so yeah, in particular, my story, as you referenced from that first episode that I shared on my podcast um, is related to my upbringing and related to um, kind of a traumatic event that I walked through when I was 21. Um, I grew up in a Christian home that was very loving. My parents were wonderful, but um, the church that I grew up in and just the way that they came to faith had us very focused on kind of the external having it all together kind of look of being a Christian. Mm -hmm. um, it was very legalistic, very rules-based, very um, focused on earning our worthiness. And I don't think that was any intention of my parents to kind of project that onto us, but that's what I absorbed. And I was also the oldest child in our family and I'm just a perfectionist by nature. So I think it was like this perfect storm of why I was the way that I was, but I was like, a rule follower to the T. And I always, I was kind of like a teacher's pet. And, um, I even like, I didn't want to be associated with anyone who could like get in trouble, get me in trouble. So I would like tattle on other people, like my siblings or my classmates. Cause I just didn't want to get in trouble at all. Mm -hmm. And, um, for some reason, I kind of thought that being a Christian meant showing the world, like we have it all together and we, our lives are better because Jesus is in them. And that meant not showing any of the hard stuff, not showing any of, like I struggled with um, depression and anxiety and OCD, but I kind of thought if I let anyone see those things, it probably will mean that they're going to think that like my faith isn't strong enough mm, to fight yeah. those. And maybe I didn't pray hard enough or, or maybe my Jesus isn't real because he didn't fix these things in me. So I just hid them. I shoved them down as far as I could, or I tried to like cope with them in kind of unhealthy ways. Um, 
So do you want me to pause for a second before I keep going or nope, you're keep good. going? Okay. Good. Thank so you. I think this is like the turning point of this story. Um, okay. When I went to college, I went to a Christian college and I still was very much in that kind of externally based um, reward of like earning the father's love kind of mindset. I was very much like a people pleaser. I didn't have like a really solidly formed foundation in my identity in Christ. And, um, I had a person that I trusted who I was dating at the time, um, take my virginity from me. And that experience just kind of flipped everything that I knew on its head. Like I wondered where God was in that moment that he didn't protect me. And I was angry that I had spent my whole life building up this like perfect image and perfect testimony. And now this thing on my life and on my story felt like this disgusting, like mark that I would never be able to erase, never would be able to overcome. Um, I thought that it meant that no good Christian man would ever love me with this thing that was in my past. Um, but I, I really, I think my biggest thing was just, I can't represent Christ now that I have this Hmm. in my life. And I, I I felt very far away from the Lord and I kind of pushed him away as well because I was angry and I was, um, really wrestling with what does my faith even mean if it didn't save me through this. Mm, So, um, that was, that was kind of like the kindling for the fire, I would say. And then the fire that I walked through. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, I really appreciate you sharing that part of your story, that, that fire that just started in your life. Hmm. Um, I definitely resonate with the, um, feeling like I was earning God's favor and putting up that perfection. Mm-hmm. I recently had a conversation with my sister, my youngest sister. And I said, I was such a legalist. And she goes, I know I lived with you <laughs> and, it, and it hurt, <laughs> but it was true too. And uh, when we relate to God on that basis, it, like you said, it can create the perfect storm mm. when, um, something crumbles or falls apart or a traumatic event happens. Um, we don't have any foundation of faith to lean on and then mm-hmm. ju- it just goes up in flames and we don't know what we're left with. Exactly. Yep. So I don't know. I think, um, yeah, when you walk through something like that, you almost do have to if the, the foundation's not solid, you kind of have to rebuild and you have to decide, like, am I going to press into knowing lo- the Lord, like in the way that he actually is, or am I going to try to relate to him in the way that I used to relate to him? Am I going to walk away altogether? Um, so there's like this decision that we have to make when we've walked through hard things mm-hmm. of how we want to try to heal. Right. And yep. Yeah. And what decision did you ultimately make at that point? Yeah. So at first it was definitely that angry arms folded hard against my chest. Like, I don't want anything to do with you, um, kind of posture, but that didn't last that long because, um, well, the Lord is just really good and he was chasing after me and 
sent a lot of people in my life that knew that I was struggling, even though I didn't tell them why. And they just prayed over me and prayed for me and prayed, prayed the words that I couldn't pray for myself. And I think it was almost like the Lord used those people in my life to remind me that there was still goodness and there was still something that was lovable in me, even when I didn't feel like I could be loved. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he really did use those other people to kind of like crack through that hard shell that I'd been building and soften me again. Mm-hmm. And so eventually kind of what I've learned over the last 10 to 12 years of processing that and then walking through some subsequent, like really hard seasons is just that like, we can only heal part of the way on our own. We need other people like the body of Christ around us to help, help us grow and help us heal mm-hmm. when we've been hurt. Um, but we also need the Lord. Like, I think that we only can kind of receive this partial view of healing if we don't have him pouring into us, mm-hmm. um, his healing touch. Yeah. So. so would you say that was what made you come back or what made you come back to God? Yeah, I definitely think it was those people in my life mm-hmm. that had me start kind of bending back towards him. Mm-hmm. Um, but then in, in kind of the mess that I made of my life after that happened, um, I ended up becoming like a single mom pretty young. Um, I, I did get married and it was, uh, it was like a, a baby that was born within the, the context of a marriage, but it just was a very, very unhealthy marriage. Um, and there were elements of abuse there that were not, um, being addressed by both parties. I'm always really careful about how I talk about this. Cause I just don't want to paint anyone in a bad light or, um, be like blame shifting. But, uh, I got to a point where basically I just realized like, I can't do this on my own anymore. I cannot fix this situation on my own. I can't, um, I can't heal myself. I can't heal this other person. I need the Lord. And so I started um, attending a support group that was like a Christian based 12 step program um, for people who were kind of like myself, like codependent people who try to fix other people's problems in order to um, feel worthy, I guess, or try to Mm. earn their security or love through relationships instead of um, from the Lord, really. And it was through that support group that I think like the Lord fully brought me back to himself. Like I started doing that deeper healing work of grieving the past and forgiving the people who'd hurt me and even taking responsibility for my own part of things that I'd kind of been ignoring. Um, And I really started digging into scripture in a new kind of way and seeing the Lord in this fuller picture of who he was. Like, I think Mm -hmm. I'd had this one dimensional view of him growing up, which was judgmental, harsh, Mm. distant. And I came in that season to know him as like my best friend and the lover of my soul, which sounds so cheesy, but when you've been so hurt by other people, to have someone who's like pursuing your heart so fully and will never, ever leave you or abandon you or forsake you. Like when you, when I could finally see that, I feel like I, something shifted in me to where I finally saw myself the way that he saw me. And I hadn't Mm -hmm. seen myself that way before. Right. So it's almost like 
the people in your life were trying to tell you that you Mm. could still come back. Like you, it's easy. I feel like in a legalistic culture or a legalistic view of God to get this idea that if I go so far, there's no coming back. Yeah. If we do cross that line, then we go, we just throw our hands up and are like, I don't know what else. There's no other hope. This is, mm-hmm. I screwed up. I can't go back anymore. And those people in your life said, no, there is healing. There is grace. And let's introduce you to the true love of God. Oh, you, you put that so beautifully. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay, good. I'm glad I was tracking on where you were going with that. <laughs> so how has God taught you to find beauty in the painful and redemption in the heart? Yeah. I think I see it a lot in the people that he's placed in my life. Like, um, I don't know. I just think there's so many people that have become like the hands and feet of Jesus to me. And those people and the way that they love and the way they serve has been Mm. really beautiful. Um, Even being able to find forgiveness for the person who took so much from me in college or from someone who treated me with abuse, like I never, ever on my own would be able to forgive them, but in like understanding more fully how much the Lord loves us and forgives us being able to extend that to other people and find freedom. uh, uh, Yeah. Freedom ultimately from like being captive Mm -hmm. by the anger or by the shame, even being able to forgive myself. Like, I feel like there's beauty in those things Mm -hmm. and yeah. And then also, um, the Lord has just been so good. I, I definitely went through a process, um, in those years of single parenting of just realizing like, it might just be me and my son. And I need to be okay with that being my family, even though my heart was definitely to hopefully find a partner that would be like a loving Christ fearing man that could walk by my side for the rest of my life. And I yearned to have more children after that, but I had to come to this place where I was like, okay, if it's just me and my son, I'll be okay. And God will meet us here and take care of us. But, um, a couple of years ago, he, the Lord brought back into my life, someone that I had a crush on in high school oh, <laughs> and fun. he had become a Christian and been like looking for a way to connect with me. But because I had a different last name, he couldn't find me. And I think that was the Lord's like protection. Like I wasn't ready yet for it. Um, but we got married last year and now we have a baby and we have this beautiful little like redemption family. Like that's how I kind of look at it. Like this is only through the Lord. And I don't Mm. think he always redeems our broken hearts by bringing someone else to kind of like fill in those pieces. I think that that redemption, that part of the healing is best found clearly with him and in him. Mm-hmm. Um, but the fact that he has brought my husband, Ryan, and now we have two boys together that we are raising together and, um, have just this like sweet story of how the Lord can answer our prayers in ways that we weren't even expecting. Like there's mm-hmm. something so beautiful in that as well. Right. So, And I think that's important that you touched on um, when we're in the fire or when, like you say, when we're sifting through the ashes, we think 
well, maybe God will redeem it this way, or Mm -hmm. God, could you please put it back together this way? Cause I, I think this would work and this would make me happy. And this would, I think, fix it, but he has different plans for us. Mm -hmm. Like you said, he just, he might have us waiting a lot longer than we want. And then his story is not going to unfold the way that we wanted it to, but he has such amazing plans for our lives. If we sit and let him do it instead of us trying to produce it ourselves. Yes. And I think there's also like an element of surrender there, like full, complete surrender. Like no matter what, I know you're good. I'm going to believe that you're good, that you can redeem this. I'm going to believe that if I offer all of these pieces up to you, that you'll heal them no matter what that looks like. And, um, if we're trying to kind of still hold onto control or we have an outcome in mind, we're just going to get frustrated that it's not going faster. It's not turning out the way that we thought it would. But I think if we can have be open-handed with mm-hmm. the hard parts of our stories, we'll be really surprised by the beautiful ways he starts to bring that unfolding. Like you talked about. Mm, yes. So how did that um, shape your relationship with God and because before it was like basis of what you were doing for him. And then mm. you really got a hold of his love through your trials and the fire. Like what is your relationship with God look like now? Yeah. And what shaped that? So I would say I'm like utterly reliant on him now instead of my own works or my own way of earning my status in his eyes. Mm -hmm. I, I understand. Um, I just, I didn't understand unconditional love for some reason, uh, kind of growing up, I just couldn't grasp that. But I think being able to see it exhibited by these people who loved me so well, Mm -hmm. um, like I've come to understand and just through scripture and a lot of prayer and journaling and things like that. Like I've been able to understand more fully that unconditional love. And I'm so, so grateful for it. Um, and I think another thing that kind of came out of that hard season was, um, choosing to try to look for the good. Like I became really, uh, I don't know. I just started practicing gratitude daily. Like, even though I was in a really, really hard place and it felt very dark and hard and painful, just kind of became a practice to try to write down a couple things every day that I could see that God was doing or that he was with me or that he had blessed me and my son with. And at first it was hard to even come up with like one thing or three things. And then it was like, I could not stop. It would be like pages and pages. And it was in like the big things. Like I'm thankful that, you know, you got me out of there safely, like out of the fire. I'm thankful that you gave me this son. And like, sometimes it would be like the same two or three things over and over again, because I couldn't think of anything else. But then I started seeing it everywhere. Like Mm -hmm. I could see it in, um, like I really, really love sunsets. So like almost every single day, I'm like, Lord, I feel like this sunset is like a love letter from you. (laughs) Like, I, I don't know. Like I just 
feel like he meets me in those or, or when I read the Psalms, they just like jump off the page and I'm like, I get the heart of this person who's writing and I get the father's love more because of this. And I see it in, yeah, like the people around me, I see it in, um, like getting to take communion with other people at church or getting to walk outside on my lunch break and get fresh air and hear like the sound of the crunching leaves. Like I just, it just shows up in all of these kinds of small and big ways when you start looking for God's goodness. And I think that's something that's been really cool that came out of that, that hard yes. place too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. Hmm. So that leads me into my next question, which okay. uh, was how do you handle hard things now? Hmm. Well, I think I still struggle with control. Like I, I kind of, <laughs> I, I joke around sometimes with God. I'm like, um, I know I handed this over to you and I, I, you know, surrendered it, but I think I'd like to take it back for a little while. <laughs> like I still sometimes struggle with, um, yeah, wanting to, cause, because we can't see what he's going to do. We can't see or hear like, this is the path just trust me. It's going to be okay. So I'm like, I would like to tell you, this is how I'd like it to unfold, or this is how I think I would solve this problem. And it's really hard sometimes for me to kind of get back to that open-handed posture of surrender. But then I don't know, my husband and I talk about this a lot now because he has his own really cool story of the Lord, like grabbing his heart and redeeming his hard places when I have a hard time trusting God, like right now, the big things are like finances or, um, you know, having a baby in the middle of COVID, like (laughs) that kind of thing. Like I start getting really stressed out or I want to control it. And Ryan, my husband will say like, look what he's already done. Look at all of the ways that he's taking care of us. Look Mm -hmm. back at where you were like three years ago or five years ago or 10 years ago. And like, look what the Lord has taken care of you through can we trust him for just another couple more weeks or one more day, you know, like just a little bit at a time. And so that's a good perspective because I definitely sometimes get stressed. Like, I don't know what you're doing here, God, but it would be really cool if you could like tell me what the plan is. Right. Yes. (laughs) So, so I don't know. I, I think like I still, um, I do a better job now in those hard places though, of not pushing him away and like stepping into his presence and saying like, this is hard. And I know you're here with me. Let's wrestle through it together. Mm, Instead of mm-hmm. before, I think it was very much like pushing him away when things got too hard. So mm, yeah. that makes sense. Mm. So what helped you re- recognize that God's love actually was unconditional? Mm. Honestly, I think <laughs> therapy was super helpful for that. <laughs> um, like I, I had this Christian therapist who I met during that time. She's still my therapist. She's been with me for seven years. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a big advocate of Christian counseling. I think it's like one of the Lord's gifts to me. <laughs> like, I mean, not to me, to all of us, but like, it's on my gratitude list. So many times I always thank him for my counselor, Lauren, but she was the first Christian that I came into her presence and said, like, this is all of my junk. This is everything. This is like the darkest secrets that no one else knows. This is the details of what, like, I sometimes don't even want to look at. And that wasn't just like in one session that was in an unfolding, like over, you know, a couple of years, but being met without judgment 
by um, someone that, I mean, like, yes, I was paying her for a service (laughs) to like help me, but she is so, so compassionate and empathetic and um, just great listener. And I think every single time that I would open my mouth and expect for her to like recoil in like disgust or to like kind of do one of those like shameful looks of like, oh, you should know better or something like that. She just met me with so much compassion. Like that must've mm-hmm. been so hard or like, you're so brave, you know, like her responses to the parts of myself that like, I was scared to bring before the Lord, like, let me know that it was okay to bring it before the Lord. Cause I'm like, this is just a person that like is a broken human, just like me. And she's able to accept. And yeah, I I would even say like, love me through those things because she is very loving in her, her presence. Like that, I think made me feel brave enough to say like, Lord, here is everything. And I think instead of scrambling to try to like make it better myself and say like, Lord, here's all the, the broken, hard parts of me, the dirty parts, the shameful parts, the things that I, I don't want to be part of my story, but they are like, here it is. And then just like learning instead of scrambling and trying to like fix it myself, but just saying like, okay, what do we do now? And like, there's been a lot of like quiet and just not, I I think I kind of, again, expected to hear like, how dare you? Or, um, I'm, you know, like I'm mad at you or something, but I just feel like what he meets me with in those quiet spaces is like, I love you. You're brave. That must've been really hard. Or like, I know you thought I wasn't with you then, but I was right there with you, like Mm -hmm. in the fire. And I don't think that all of that, it's not like audible voices from the Lord, but it's, you know, like a pressing on my heart that feels like a comfort when Mm -hmm. I bring all of myself to him. And I think all of those things are confirmed in his character in scripture. Um, But yeah. Does that answer your question? Yes, it does. And I love how people keep coming up. Yeah. And I I love that God has let you see the vessels that he used and now he's allowing you to be that for someone else and Mm. other people. Um, And you can be part of their story kind of on the other side. And I don't remember if it was you that said it or someone else, but recently they said, um, it's amazing. And it's only God that can take our stories of pain or suffering or sin and make beauty out of them. Like Mm. who is this Mm. (laughs) so sovereign and so amazing that he could do that. And yes. Mm, it's just good. It's it is good. And I think it's helpful for people yeah. who are like sitting in the ash mm. or the people yes. who are like, I'm in the flames right now. Like, how is this ever going to get better? How, how could God ever redeem this? But when we hear the stories of other people that have seen God's faithfulness or have been, yeah, just covered by him in those places or, or found like amazing healing that like, seems miraculous to like our human eye. Like there's no doubt that that's the Lord's hand and that hopefully gives people encouragement, like that they can find that too. Yes. Um, Yeah. It's a process Mm. and it takes time, but 
I do believe it's possible. Mm, that's so. so good. Yes. So you're working on a book right now. I am. Um, that is notes for your broken heart, correct? So that is um, actually like a free printable that okay. I am working on. It's like 30 pages and it's lots of different prayers and notes and spaces for journal, like reflection questions, mostly for people who are dealing with those wounds on their hearts, whether it's from other people or, or even like from their own actions that they've had a hard time healing from, or if they have an estranged relationship with the Lord and they want to try to heal that. Um, so I'm working on that right now, but I also am writing a nonfiction, like full length, um, book that's in the same title of my podcast, which is take these ashes. And I'm working on that. Um, and hopefully getting that published within the next couple of years, but I'm going the traditional publishing route, which means it might take a little while, but mm -hmm. that's why I'm working on some other projects right now that can still, I don't know, get my heart out there and, yes. and hopefully help encourage other people because that is ultimately what I'm, I hope that I can do. So mm, thank you. Yeah. So how would you like people to connect with you? Cause I'm sure they would love to grab your ebook when you publish it. And oh, thanks. <laughs> Yeah. So, um, at Instagram, or do you have a website up right now? I do. I have a website. It has, um, my maiden name on there. So it's heatherlobe.com, even though I kind of go by Heather Loeb Johnson on all of the other places that you can find me. Okay. Um, and my, my favorite place though, to kind of spend time connecting with people or sharing prayers and encouragement is Instagram. So, um, on Instagram, I am at Heather Loeb Johnson and, um, yeah. If people want to connect, I'd love to connect with you in one of those places. And on my website, you can also find links for, um, the podcast. And I, I love, like I mentioned, like hearing other people's stories of how God's brought freedom and redemption. So on my website, there's, um, about 45 stories of different women's like guest blog posts or interviews, um, of where God's brought freedom in their lives since wow. all different kinds of topics. So that's under the title of like freedom stories on my website. That's awesome. I mean, I'm going to check that out. That oh, thank super you. Fun. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for being here, Heather. I really appreciate mm -hmm. you sharing your story and I am sure that it is going to reach at least one woman, if not many who are listening and just need to be encouraged that either they can be that hope for someone else, that voice, or that there is hope for them in their brokenness. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Emily. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Abundant Grace Podcast. I wanted to let you know about a giveaway that I'm doing for podcast listeners. If you rate and review the podcast, Take a screenshot of it and share it to your Instagram story. Tag me in it so I, I can see that you did it. And you will be entered to win a coaching call with me. I'm super excited to get to know one of my listeners this week and get to sit down and chat with you. So make sure you rate and review the podcast, share it, tag me, and you'll be entered to win. And as always, I would love to hear your feedback on this week's episode. I can't tell you how much hope that this episode gives me being able to sit down with Heather and just 
remember how good God is at redeeming our brokenness and truly making beautiful things out of our ashes. So if you want to reach out, you can send me a message on Instagram, emily.abundantgrace, or send me an email, hello at emilyklouis.com. I'll see you next week, friends.